0: a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: Welcome to your Saturday morning of radio extravaganza. It is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, here. If you'd like to be part of this morning's program, all you have to do, pick up your telephone, dial 800-848-WABC, 800 800- Eight four eight nine two two two. Also, grab a cup of coffee, your first cup of coffee, second cup of the day, and stay with us here. Uh, of course, lots of news. The January 6th uh, show, Nancy Pelosi Democrat Party show is on, and there is all sorts of fawning for the second day in a row. in the, the big hero so far is Liz Cheney to the mainstream uh, media all that i have read i am not watching one second of this there is a presumption that what is happening on this television programming which was by the way put together with a a tv executive i believe former executive from abc news if i have it right or one of the one of the the major networks helped the democrats put this tv show on there is a presumption when you look at the mainstream press that what we're seeing is legitimate, that what we're seeing, of course, is the truth, the un- unbiased, unvarnished truth, and nothing could be further from the truth. There was, there was not a doubt in, in my mind that what we're seeing isn't the truth simply because of the way that the panel was constructed. And I don't know how anybody that looks for objectivity can think otherwise. Nancy Pelosi refused to allow the Republican leadership in the House to seat the members they wanted to seat on this committee. This was never a search for the truth. This was a search to to bang up Donald Trump and to possibly, Jake Tapper asked a question, um, as I read, of one of his TV guests on this, the uh, the, the so-called chairman of this, Committee, who was a biased anti Trump hater, as as they all are, as every single one of these Democrats are, as is Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. And Jake Tapper asks, isn't the goal of this, I'm paraphrasing the question, to find a reason to uh to prosecute Donald Trump? A lot of him hawing on the answer, of course. But if that's what this has always been about. This has always been about getting Trump, making sure that Trump is no longer viable in their eyes to run again. So, and there were so many questions. People have called, and I hope will continue to call, to raise points. Anyone that saw this thing unfold in real life should have questions. If you go back and you remember what happened that January 6th, the doors were open in some cases for people to come in before this thing went out of control. Now, I will never... Uh, give a pass on people that committed violence and vandalism at the Capitol. They should be tried. But I continue to point out, today the arrests are over 800 from this. The FBI, the Department of Justice, has been able to put together resources enough, using social media, using snitches, using whatever means at their disposal, to find out who everybody was that they can identify that entered in that building. The same FBI, the same Department of Justice, cannot, will not put together the resources to give us a clear investigation into the coup attempt that was made by, we know Hillary Clinton's campaign was involved. We know that there may have been, members of Barack Hussein Obama's administration involved in this coup attempt using a phony, made-up story about Russian collusion, about Donald Trump being in bed with the Russians. The whole thing was made out of whole cloth, and yet it consumed millions of dollars of investigative resources, came up with absolutely nothing. The Mueller investigation, all these seasoned... Liberal prosecutors Mueller brought on. The whole thing was a hoax. And yet there is nothing, absolutely nothing being done except for the Durham report to try to unravel that. And Durham, of course, failed to get a conviction with a known known liar. The evidence was right before in Washington, D.C., in the case of Sussman. This whole entire thing is a fraud. Nancy Pelosi is a political hack. She is not a stateswoman. She does not have the best interest of the United States, in my humble opinion, in mind for anything. She has what is best for the Democrat Party. She's a political hack. Always has been. And by the way, there still isn't a mugshot yet from her husband's DUI arrest. This is, again, it's a small thing, but it's also symbolic of the two-tier justice system in the United States. Democrats are accorded a level of, quote-unquote, justice that nobody else, elected Democrats, and nobody else in the country gets. Hillary Clinton has gotten off, and the Clinton crime family has gotten off for years the Clinton Foundation if you go through and read any of Peter Schweizer's books the Clinton Foundation was a huge money laundering operation if you look at the Clintons involvement in Haiti there are a lot of questions raised there about what happened to the aid that was supposed to go to the Haitian people after their devastating earthquake that instead ended up being controlled or in the hands of the Clintons not proven I want to make that clear, but questions were raised, never fully investigated. If you go back through the presidency of Barack Obama, there was scandal after scandal that the DOJ, that the FBI never looked into. If you go through the Trump presidency, the DOJ, the FBI were not only negligent in investigating, but they were complicit in the FBI, in, in the in the attempted takedown of an American president who was duly elected, and yet the DOJ, the FBI, Congress will have nothing to do with investigating that. But we're all supposed to sit in front of our TV sets, as Nielsen says, twenty Ameri- twenty million Americans did, and watch this farce of a January sixth hearing, and and then that's supposed to propel us to support Democrats in the midterm elections. And it's also supposed to propel us to demand that there be some justice against Donald Trump. The whole thing is a political farce that would normally take place in a banana republic-type country, not in the United States of America. These Democrats, these elected liberals, are slowly but surely turning America into a third-world nation by way of this two-tiered system of justice that they have been in front of now for over 20 years, close to 30 years. If you go through the Clinton presidency, you go all the way back, and look, I don't want to spend all day rehashing stuff, that, but but this is important, especially for young people or for people that never paid attention to the politics of it. If you go back through the Clinton years, one of his donors, Bernie Schwartz, Gave the Chinese government, the Communist Chinese government, under the Loral Space Corporation, they were alleged to have given the Chinese government guidance on how to better perfect their missiles. Those missiles today are pointed at America's, are pointed at America's allies like Taiwan and. There was never any real investigation of that. How is it that a Clinton donor, an American company, can violate American policy and give an enemy of the United States help in making sure that their weapons, that in some cases could, that could be used as nuclear weapons, give them help in making sure that they could hit their targets? never investigated, if you go back through and you look at all of the corruption during the Clinton years, it was never investigated, look at Hillary's tenure as Secretary of State, where she knowingly housed government-classified information on her personal laptop, which is a violation of federal law, and believe me, there are people that are in jail because of the same thing. But not Hillary Clinton. James Comey, head of the FBI, just blamed it on her intentions. Oh, she didn't mean to do it. Yeah? Well, you go back through every American prison, if you would, and find people that say, I didn't mean to do it. But they're in jail. Their intent didn't matter. What they did mattered. But for Hillary Clinton, it never matters. For Democrat, it never matters. And then you go back all of that, through all of those years, you can go back scandal after scandal after scandal that the Democrats are involved in, that they escape any accountability for. And then look at the way that they did Roger Stone. Look at the way they did Paul Manafort. Look at the way that they did uh, Dick Cheney's guy. Scooter Libby. Look at the way that they do Republicans when they're accused of things that are so minor in some cases or so fraudulent that they they shouldn't even be given a slap on the wrist, but they end up in jail in prison. Look at the way that the January 6th people have languished in jail under, under prison conditions that most Americans would agree are appalling, if true. No medical care for people that are suffering with cancer and other serious illnesses. Poor food. No visitors held in solitary like they're the worst of the worst of terrorists. Meanwhile, what do Democrats do with the real terrorists? They let them out of Club Gitmo. They demand that Gitmo be closed, and they send the terrorists back home so that they can fight against Americans again. Everything is out of whack here. And so are we really supposed to sit down and look at this January 6th nonsense and take it seriously? There's an article, uh, I think Associated Press article today, well, this thing's not really changing anybody's minds. Well, it's not going to change the minds of anybody that supported Donald Trump. We all know this is bogus. And by the way, 20 million Americans watched it. Held, held, that is supposed to be... Heralding. They are heralding that as some big accomplishment. Rush Limbaugh had 27 million people listening to his show. Less people are watching these hearings than listen to Rush Limbaugh's program. Joe Biden supposedly had 81 million votes. 20 million are watching. Now, PMSNBC is scoring big. They had a few million, a million plus people watching it. They never get those numbers. The rest of the networks have a few million, a few million, a few million. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's basically hardcore Democrats watching these things to get gratified by being having their anti-Trump hatred reinforced. And that's pretty much it. But Liz Cheney is being heralded as a hero, heroine, a hero. You should see some of the pubs Today. Poor Liz Cheney has 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 warned America. Liz Cheney, Washington Post. There's a uh, a story in the Washington Post and the Hill. Here's this in the Hill. Liz Cheney doesn't care what the pro-Trump GOP thinks of her. Well, the pro-Trump GOP is the GOP, and we don't care. That Liz doesn't care. Opinion. This is by E.J. Dion in the Washington Post. Cheney leaves Trump and his GOP apologist reeling. Really? Nobody's reeling from Liz Cheney. We're all waiting for November. And then we'll see about Liz Cheney. Another one in the Washington Post. Representative Liz Cheney tells Americans why January 6th should terrify them. I'm sorry, I'm not terrified. And I don't care what Liz Cheney says. I could give, I don't care one bit of anything that comes out of Liz Cheney's mouth. As far as I'm concerned, Liz Cheney's the biggest rhino of the rhinos. And Wyoming voters will dispense with her, hopefully, in November. Now, and and Liz Cheney, you know, I loved Dick Cheney when he was in office. Dick Cheney was remarkable. And look at the way they trashed him. And Liz Cheney is now signing up and kissing the behinds of the same people that trashed her father against those of us who defended her father. That tells you about Liz Cheney. WABC, Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Look, I'm not just going to talk about this January 6th today. There's other stuff out there. And there's other stuff that's not even political, and we'll get to some of that too. Saturday morning, 800-848-WABC. Lots of calls today. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. We're coming back right after this.
0: Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirdly, is on the air. 77 WABC.
1: <coughs> Stevie brings us back. Stevie Wonder. On WABC, talk radio 77 in New York. But we are everywhere worldwide, and if you want to stream us anywhere in the world, in the universe, get the WABC app. All you have to do is go to WABCradio.com. I just saw a tweet from my good friend Derek Hunter. Derek is a fellow radio host. Uh, he is, in fact, he sat in for, he was one of the last new guys that we had that sat in for Rush. I think he was the last newbie we tried that sat in for Rush. Um, Derek is also an amazing columnist, an amazing author. So I just texted him. I'm just gonna, Derek, I'm gonna, we're gonna call you at the bottom of the hour. I wanna see what you think about this whole January 6th thing and some of the other stuff going on. So we'll give you a holler. Derek Hunter, I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, Princess Di is going to be here in the 9 o'clock hour. And, boy, oh, boy, I can't wait for that. The CDC director, I know, I know you have been waiting for this with bated breath. Your CDC has said that on 12.01 a.m. Sunday, which means at the end of business today, Saturday business, weekend business, beginning Sunday, 12:01 a.m. You will no longer have to have a COVID test if you' are internationally traveling to come back into the United States of America. Aren't you glad? I mean seriously, if you if you went overseas, I mean I went down to um, Eleuthera for a day or two uh, last last year. And, I mean, you had to jump through hoops to get back into the states because you had to show all these, you had to get tested, blah, 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 blah. Well, all that's over now. So I guess, in a way, we are returning back to normal. Meanwhile, the Federal Drug Administration says Moderna COVID vaccine is safe and effective for young children. Between the ages of 12 and 17. Uh-huh. So are you going to go vax your kid? I'm just interested. Are you, are you thinking about, do you trust the FDA with the vaccine information that they have given you? And I'm not trying to stir anything up. As I told you before, and I've said many times, I got vaxed, okay? Didn't stop me from getting COVID and almost croaking out a year. But I got vaxxed. But now um, they're pushing these vaccines for young, young kids. And I wonder if you're the parent of a young child, what do you think? Are you going to go make your kid get vaxxed? And also now it looks like international travel is going to be finally a little bit easier. And what I'd love to know, if you can afford to travel, given the prices are so high on everything, if you can afford to travel... Are you ready to start traveling internationally again? Those of you who used to take vacations, you know, run over across the pond or wherever it is that you'd like to go, are you ready to resume your life? Are you ready to be normal again? Are you ready to get on the plane maybe without the mask, even if you wear the mask? Are you willing to go over to Europe? Are you willing to go to Asia are you willing to run down to the Caribbean, the South Pacific? Is it time to get back to normal? 800 wabc James Golden, a.k.a. boss Um, As I said, 20 million. 20 million watched the January 6th hearings. And boy, they are excited about that. That's well over the 9 million people that watched former President Trump's impeachment trial in 2020 on a a day. ABC took the largest haul of viewers, according to a news report in the Hill today. 4.8 million people watched the ABC version of the Nancy Pelosi January 6th show. NBC, CBS... About 3.5 million each. No, 3.5 million, 3.3 million. Yes, about the same. But get this. In in second place, apparently, was PMSNBC. They don't even, I mean, they must be popping the champagne over there. 4.1 million people. They never see those kind of numbers. I'm surprised 4.1 million people knew where to find PMSNBC, let alone watch it. But again, nothing's changed. Now, this article in the in the Post, in the Amazon Prime Washington Post, by Paul Kane, Liz Cheney tells Americans why January 6th should terrify them. Terrified, really? The former rising star of the GOP has already been alienated by party leaders, abandoned. By longtime supporters and consistently attacked by Trump and his allies, who are backing a primary challenger Cheney will face in August. Yeah, mm-hmm, We're supposed to feel sorry for. Her. Cheney has said the deadly assault, the deadly assault, the deadly assault. Who got killed? Wasn't it Ashley Babbitt that got killed? the deadly assault on the U.S. Capitol crossed the party line for her and that she has a nonpartisan duty to set the record straight for the people who were betrayed and lied to by Trump. By the way, Jason Miller, she played part of a statement. He, he says she's lying about it. She It was selectively edited. So who's telling the truth here? A, she has a huge head start on the rest of the committee in understanding these events, because she knows the players and understands the internal political culture of the GOP. That's what Jamie Raskin, rabid freaking Democrat says. And that's really, Jamie, you don't know the GOP and neither does Liz Cheney. Once again, Liz Cheney to me represents the absolute worst of the GOP. These same people like that she's cuddling up to in political bed with. These same Democrats did nothing but trash her family, and it was people like us, people that support Trump that also supported her father. Remember when they were running around calling her father Darth Vader? Remember when these same liberals were running around saying that Dick Cheney was the worst scum of the earth? Who defended him? We did. All of us did. And now she's in bed with the people that trashed her own family. That tells you all you need to know about Liz Cheney, in my view. Yes, loyalties do mean something in this world. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. When we get back, we're going to ring Derek Hunter, see whether he thinks about all this stuff. Don't go away. Coming right back, WABC Talk Radio 77. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, and we'll be back right after this
0: talk radio 77 wabc entertaining and informative james golden aka bo snurdly is on the air 77 wabc
1: okay how many years has it been since you heard this really do you even remember the artist He didn't have that many hits under his
2: belt.
1: Leo Mm Sayer brings us back on WABC. It's Saturday morning. You can groove. It's okay. The only thing I want to know is how Diego knows these songs. Diego, you weren't even born when this was out. No, I was not. How, do, how? Where did you hear this song,
3: Diego? If I'm being completely
1: honest, I heard it on um, a
3: Goofy movie, a the goofy, Disney movie.
1: A, oh, wait a minute. When you said a Goofy movie, you mean a real Goofy movie? <laughs>
3: yeah, the um, yeah that
1: um, the cartoon one. I, I I didn't watch Goofy movies. I, I have never seen one. I was like I was like five years old, and this yeah, okay. this song just
4: completely stuck with me.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad you picked it. It brings back great memories. Okay, Derek Hunter is on the line. Derek, as I mentioned, was the last newbie guest host that was on uh, the the Rush Limbaugh show. How, Derek? What a distinction that is. The last the last new guest host we we ever tried out to sit in the uh, the uh, the Attila the Huns seat, as it was called. For us. You're also a columnist. You're a author, the book author. You, you have your own talk show that's spread all over the country, even though it originates in uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Um, Baltimore.
5: Baltimore.
1: <laughs> hey, how many murders have you had in Baltimore this weekend so far, Derek? It's just slow, low, low teens, low teens. Nothing to get worked up about.
4: I tell you, I was grooving. completely back on hold. I was grooving to that song. I, uh, I, I too, have never seen the Goofy movie, any of them, but that's been used in a bunch of movies, and it, it made me feel like I'm sitting in my chair in my office. It made me feel like chair dancing, so it worked. But I was actually just up in your neck of the woods um, for the talk, Talkers Conference on Long Island, and I met your friend, Craig Kitchen for the first time. I was able to thank him, speaking of me going in. I was able to have a, a nice long conversation with him and thank him for saying okay to your proposal that you gave me a shot. So, yeah, I wish I weren't the last new yeah, host on Rush Limbaugh's show, but it was the thrill of a lifetime, and I, I'll i be eternally If you ever need a kidney, you call me, and I mean, I'll order you one from, from China. Yeah, thanks, line, pal. I will be appreciative <laughs> of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. thank you so much. Uh, So, okay, so you're in the heart of it. You're not too far away from from the swamp. You're a member. In fact, you're a card-carrying member of the swamp media. So (laughs) (laughs) you've been covering the swamp for years. By the way, you have one of the most interesting histories of anybody that I know that actually uh, works as a pundit in the swamp area you actually worked with real people for a lot of years how many and how many jobs have you had Derek
4: I believe the count is up to 77 I've had more jobs than most families have which usually just means that I've been fired a lot which I have uh, from a sub shop I've been a, a roofer I've worked concrete I've been a waiter a, uh, uh think tank and you name it the gam everything except a medical professional at least legally licensed in the state that i practice
1: i have uh i heard you do been- butt injections <laughs> <laughs> not just, true
4: just in the caribbean on the weekends to certain r and V stars nothing nothing serious not professional
1: okay <laughs> so okay what do you think of this january 6th by the way what's your last book
4: Outrage Incorporated, How the Liberal Mob Ruins Science Journalism in Hollywood.
1: Okay. So and how did. Uh, yeah. Where can uh, and fu- people can still find that, have? right?
4: Yeah, just, just search Derek Hunter, D E R E K Hunter. You can find that. You can find my podcast. You can find my show, my columns. I get four columns a week at townhall.com, which I'm surprised they want that many, but that's what they do. It's nuts. But uh, as far as your question goes, I don't want to be the, just all promotion here. I, uh, I drove up to Long Island, and I got there. I timed it, sadly, because of the work that we do. I timed it, sadly, so I could see this hearing. And <laughs> I, I used, You're I, watching it. I, yes, I did. I was in a hotel sucker. with all the possibilities of Long Island, and I watched this garbage for two hours. It was exactly what I thought it would be, except for the fact that it was more made for TV than I thought. I knew it was made for TV, but Benny Johnson and Liz Cheney being really the only two people that talked aside from the so-called witnesses. I had, as an old Dennis Miller joke, James, about the, uh, this wasn't, this was the most core, heavily choreographed thing I'd seen since the Oswald prison transfer. <laughs> <And> that's, <laughs> that's what it was to me. They're reading the teleprompter. And I didn't think that anybody could white-knuckle a teleprompter the way that Joe Biden does. or Actually, Joe Biden's staff, as he does it, like, please, God, don't say a word wrong. Don't go off on a tangent. But Liz Cheney looked like her dog was held backstage at gunpoint (laughs) if she deviated one syllable from the script. And it was the least compelling thing I've ever seen since I watched paint dry. And I remember sitting there thinking, well, thank God. These people are every bit as terrible as I knew them to be, but their performance is this bad. This is going to turn people off. And, yeah, you cited 20 million people. That's not even 10 percent of the population. That's pathetic. And that's across every platform. This is with the entire power of the mainstream media forcing it into people. This was they, they desperately wanted you to be have no alternative but to watch this garbage. And the American people by and large said, yeah, no no, thanks, not interested. As for Jamie Raskin, I lived for a time in his congressional district. His first act as a member of Congress in 2017 was to try to, was to object to the certification of the election of Donald Trump. He was desperate to get a uh, member of the Senate to join him. They did not. But his first act as an elected official, he was first elected in 2016, was by his own very definition an act of insurrection against the United States. And by the way, just aside from him being just a creepy dude anyway, if you look at him, he always looks like he just stepped out of the shower. I don't know what the hell is going on with his hair, but it looks like he sprayed an activator into it or he literally just got out of a swimming pool or something, and it? It's just because he he gives that used car salesman slimy appeal that when you work in radio you know that 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 appearance and that feeling all too well.
1: Yeah, why do used car salesmen always get such a bad rap? They're worse people in the world than used car salesmen, like Democrat politicians, for instance. <laughs>
4: Well, that's true, but everybody's bought a – you buy a used car. I bought used cars, and like, oh, something broke on it. But yeah, because it's used. That's kind of <laughs> – somebody else's – that's the deal. But you're just mad because we live in a world where everybody else looks to absolve themselves. Everybody's their own pope, James. Everybody gets to absolve themselves of all their blame.
1: Oh, man. So you don't think this thing is going to be effective, and you're actually watching it. I'm just reading about it. You're watching it.
4: Yeah, I can't imagine how it's uh, effective. It's it was their first. It was prime time. It was their shock. I can't believe they got uh, the former head of ABC News to come in and produce it. I kind of expected oh, I to can. Morrison to narrate it like it was uh, a Dateline NBC. Who was it? Was did this? I. I it, it's what it was. It was a it was a made for TV event, but it was it was a lifetime event. It was a Hallmark movie. It was a. It was bad. And then they're going to go to 10 a.m. on Monday, I think. And how many people out of those 20 million, which is already an anemic number for something across every platform, how many of them do you think are going to follow it? Maybe 20 percent, maybe 20 percent. I, I just I think that they – the the real problem is the American people like fairness, you know this. They, they they give everybody a fair shake, even bad people. They go, oh, we'll hear them out. And then they go, yeah, you're bad. I'm not interested. Um, there was no fairness in this. There's no – if you're showing snippets, let me put it to you this way. The same media that won't cover anything Project Veritas does, what James O'Keefe uncovers, on video, unequivocally, uh, indisputably on video because they say, well, it's heavily edited. Even though O'Keefe will also release the entire script, the entire uh, transcript, the entire video, everything will be out there. They go, well, he heavily edits his thing. They showed, what, 20 seconds of Ivanka Trump, five seconds of Bill Barr. You want to talk about heavily edited. The American people see this and they go, this isn't a a hearing. This is a news package. This is a package. It's garbage. So – even the – I mean all you did was preach to the choir. There's something to be said. Look, red meat exists, and the base loves to eat it. You don't <laughs> normally get an in-kind donation from every media outlet simultaneously for a mass feeding of your base, but that's what they ended up getting. The rest of us watched other things. let would say we went away hungry, but the rest of us watched other things except for me who was in the Marriott Long Island watching this garbage.
1: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you did watch it, so that many of us that don't watch it at least could hear well some of the some of your take on it, which is really interesting. Because reading it, you never get it all, you know. But I was determined, Derek. I'm not. First of all, I have to be concerned about my blood pressure now, and I'm not going <laughs> to throw things at TVs anymore and break TVs because Elvis. I get so. F-
3: shoot the tv out good I lord d-
1: i just can't i just there are certain things you just know are gonna take you off so much it's like look why do i want to do that to myself and i didn't yeah. so i just chose to read about it derek my man thank you so much uh again your last book your latest book and what are you going to write on next
4: uh, that's the thing is every single day they give you a new steaming pile of liberalism that needs to be refuted right now. I'm up writing my Sunday column, um, which is due by noon because I there's too much. You sit there and you go, I don't know what to do. It's like it's like being overly hungry and walking into the world's greatest buffet. What do you pile on your plate? I don't know. So, uh, I mean, you're not wanting for things. That's for sure.
1: All right, Derek, thank you for joining us, my friend. Appreciate it. We'll catch up with you in the near future. Derek Hunter, ladies and gentlemen, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, we're coming back. Your calls are coming up. And, yeah, we had a call that disappeared on COVID. And, again, I want to know, are you ready to resume your international travels? Are you ready to go overseas? You don't need a COVID test anymore as of 12 midnight Sunday You will not need a COVID test to get back into America. Is it time to pick up your normal life? Question number one. Question number two, if you are the parent of young children, are you going to, if your child isn't already vaccinated, are you going to get a vaccination for your child? 800 848 WABC 800 848 9222. We are coming back right after this.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC.
1: WABC. Isley Brothers, bring us back. This is the original. Yes, indeed. This old heart of mine beats for you. you. Yeah, you. Rod Stewart did a version of this, and Rod and Ron Isley did a version of this together. We had Chris Jasper on a few weeks ago. Chris dropped a new album, and it is fantastic. Chris Jasper, of course, one of the Isley brothers, and he debuted his latest song with us on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Shout out to Chris Jasper. Shout out to the Isleys. There is a huge concert, and when I mean huge, that's brewing. I am. It is being put together now. I'm going to have an announcement about it in a few weeks. It is huge, 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 and it'll be held on two different continents. WABC. Let's get to the telephones. Maureen and Patterson, welcome. James Golden, this is Bo Snurley Saturday, a radio extravaganza. How are you?
6: Good morning, Bo. I have listened to you for so very long uh, with Rush and um, way back when he would talk to you and he'd say, uh, what What do you think, Mr. Snerdly? <laughs> I didn't hear you. So here I am envisioning a person, a skinny British person, that he was talking to, and when I saw you finally on your profile on the WABC, uh, you know, website, I, I was laughing my face off and said, he's a
7: beautiful, burly, black man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not a skinny Brit, eh? Yeah, that's right. Um, and you know what, by the way, uh, what do you think, Mr. Snurdly? that was going to be the title of the the, the book that I wrote. The, the title ended up being Rush on the radio. But the title that was first suggested that we all coalesced around was "What do you think, Mr. snurley So you're dead on with that. Thank you so much. So Maureen, what's on your mind this morning?
6: Well, uh, first of all, uh, I told you, Screener, that I, I I listened to you. I listened to WABC all day, but when you got your own show, I freaked out. I was so happy. Um, but one, the one question you asked: Am I going to travel abroad? Um, yeah. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> You don't <laughs> I just want to stay home. Yeah. I just uh, I'm a homebody. I don't know. But oh and with the vaccines. Uh my children are all uh in their late twenties and uh if if it were if they were younger I would not get the vaccine for them. Number one, I don't believe that it's safe. It's really not a vaccine. Um because they got all their over the shots when they were kids. But those were tested and of course, you know, somebody some People have reactions to all of them, but not this this is not something I would give a child.
1: Well, I tell you what, uh Senator Ron Johnson was with us yesterday, and one of the things that Senator Johnson has tried to do is bring to light the number of people that have had adverse reactions to the vaccines that cannot get any help. Uh-huh. And he's also pointing out he's not saying deaths caused by the vaccine. But there are a number of people, a large number of people, uh, Senator Johnson has pointed out, have died after having the vaccine, which, of course, look, people die every day. And again, I'm not trying to go down fear road on this, but what he is suggesting is that people should be taking a harder look at these numbers. But nobody is taking a hard look at these numbers. So, um, that was a great interview. That should be uh, on our website already. If it's not, it will be very soon on yesterday's, uh, podcast edition of the program. I urge all of you, and, and Senator Ron Johnson talked about so many other things. So that's something you may want to give a listen to. But, um, I love it, Maureen. So when, when do you think you're going to be ready? I know you're home, you said you're homebody, but when do you think, you're going to feel ready maybe another few months maybe a year before you say okay i'll get I on a have plane a fear
6: at all i have no I fear. Have fear of going to new york city <laughs> no, well, but as well. far as traveling no i hey. don't have a fear of any of that nonsense you know i just uh i just go you know okay um so
1: cool yeah. well Ma- maureen such a pleasure to hear from you thank you for your call i do appreciate it hope to hear from you again Wilfred, New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Hi, Wilfred. Hi. Hey, I'm so glad to speak to you. I could answer all those things you were saying
8: about uh, the vaccine, which is not a vaccine. A vaccine, you're supposed to get it one time. <clears throat> it's a money grabbing scheme that's <clears throat> growing it. If you just look at it, you can see why would they push a vaccine that doesn't work, and then make you lose your job and all this stuff. It's all about money, period. Hmm. Plus it changes your <clears throat> yes, it changes your DNA.
2: It,
1: now I have heard people out. say that, and I don't want look. We, I have heard people say that. I don't want to to to. I don't want to just hear you say that without saying that is information that we need to actually verify before people start saying that i've heard any number of people say look you'd be surprised at things i hear i have friends in the tinfoil hat community i have a friend that's the queen of the tinfoil hats okay i hear all kind of stuff I hear they've got microchips planted in you. I hear this, that, and the other. I hear about the chemtrails. I hear about the New World Order. I hear about all this stuff, right? And I never, I never, never bring it to the show because, well, rarely, because I have a good anti-kook background training. However... When you start saying things change your DNA and all this stuff, we need to verify this stuff before we go on media and start saying it. So I, I, I'm just I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying I don't know that you're right about that, Wilfred. What was your question when you called in? Oh,
8: uh, well, no, yep. I, I could ask about the stuff you, about the. All them questions you was asking about anything. I'm a I'm a uh what do you call purple hearted Vietnam Marine, patriotic. I had a top secret clearance and all that, but I'm a patriotic and one thing I'd like to say when you talk about music, there was a music called uh everyday people. remember that?
1: Slide the family stone. Yeah.
8: Different strokes for right. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Well America is everyday people. They should listen to that. And what I want, Bo. The main thing I wanted to say was this. You know how they say you 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 say something and the progressives call you a racist, and then you you know you got to start defending yourself. Right. Okay. Well, you remember
1: in "Living Color," homie. homie Yes. 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 yes, Homie, don't play that. Yes. Right. So when when you
8: get attacked by them progressives calling you a racist or whatever. All you gotta say is,
1: "No, I'm an American." What are you? Okay, I like that, Wilfred. Appreciate it. No, but so, yeah, I do appreciate the call. Thank you so much, my friend. Let us go to Neil in Parsippany. How are you, Neil? Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77.
9: Good morning, Mr. Goldman. It's a pleasure to speak to
1: you. My pleasure.
9: you, I listen to you on my drive home from work mostly, and I have to say your show is Drive Past My Exit Good. I can't tell you how many times I have to go an extra couple of miles just to hear what you have to say to finish up. <laughs> so, Thank, you. It, Thank you, you. 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 got it. So I, uh, I travel internationally um, professionally, and I was on a three-year hiatus of going nowhere. And, uh, I came back from France. I was in Paris. I came home yesterday i did do the test before i left not a big deal um but the odd thing was the entire time that i was in in, in two different regions of france uh, and, and mainly in paris the only people i
10: saw were tourists and
1: the only people you saw you said were tourists yeah we 're having a kind of a bad phone line, so some some of it's dropping out. Listen, why don 't you see whether we can get you back, Neil? Because we need to hear this. The only thing you saw in France was tourists i 'd love to hear what this is about. Neil we 'll try to call you back if if you can 't get to us. Let's put it on hold guys let 's see whether we can get a better line with him. Meanwhile, we have time for just one quick one before we head to the break, and that is Staten Island and John, John, quickly, your point, please.
3: Good morning, Bo. I want to just really quick say, Wilfred, thank you very much for your service. God bless you as a veteran. Uh, and now to my point, I was watching the uh, the, the uh, this uh, what do you call it? auction, the January, Whatever they were talking about.
1: Yeah, the January, the January 6th thing. show. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and my point being is, uh, when Cheney talks, she went too far. I love rhinos. They're majestic, beautiful creatures. And when you look at uh, Cheney and they call her a rhino Republican in name only, let's go with FAR, Fake Acting Republican. That's the new acronym for these guys Fake Acting Republicans. That's what they are. They sold out and uh, they're nothing to do with Republicans, they don't care about the Constitution. They're just in bed with the communists disguised as Democrats.
1: Now, Liz Cheney would argue with you vehemently and say that that's what she's trying to change, that she is trying to ensure that the Constitution is adhered to. I have a very different view of what Liz Cheney's trying to do, but that is the mantle that she climbs on. Listen, hour number one, so quick, it's gone. But we have hour number two and hour number three to go. Later on in the program, Princess Di... Always, always look forward to that, and I know you do too. We'll be back. Grab another cup of coffee, or if you prefer tea, have some tea. We're coming back, 800-848-WABC. A lot more calls today too. So don't go anywhere. Our Saturday morning radio extravaganza continues right after this. This.
0: Golden, aka Post Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: WABC Talk Radio 77, it is our number two of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you'd like to be part of the program, 800 848 WABC, your calls are welcome. 800 848 9222. Remember, we stream everything here on WABC Worldwide. You can always. Be in touch with WABC, no matter where you are in the world. Get the WABC app from WABCRadio.com. Keep it with you day and night. You know, yesterday uh, we talked about the budget that Mayor Adams has from New York one hundred and one billion dollars. Just, I mean, let that. I know we hear it's almost as if we get numb, numb to numbers, right? We hear one hundred and one billion, like oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. That is a serious. Bucket load of money, $101 billion is the budget for just our New York City budget, $101 billion. That's supposedly going to be a handshake deal between uh, the City Council of New York. Those are the people that, that signed into law this bail reform that lets criminals wander the streets, get picked up on their latest criminal activity and then let back out of jail so they can commit more rape, murder, pillage, theft, and whatever else they do. I just heard Mayor Adams at the top of the hour news talking about how New York is a laughing stock, our judicial system, where you are partly to blame all this big talk from this mayor about what he's going to do to fix crime. Yeah, right. Every week, the list of criminal activities – from from hardened criminals who've been released again, worse and worse and worse. And until you fix that, nothing fixes. Anyway, I'm going slightly off kilter. <clears throat> the reason I mentioned the budget is that there's a story in Newsweek today, and it is written by a guy cannot pronounce his last name, Leiwich. It looks like Leiwich, Daniel Leiwich, and um. He is a contributor to Newsweek. He wrote a column about the crumbling infrastructure in New York City. And this is an important piece because I want you to think about the lip service that Democrats give to infrastructure. You remember when Joe Biden was vice president, Joe Biden, he was put in in, in charge of Obama's big infrastructure plan, the porculus, as we called it. Almost a trillion dollars was supposed to go to infrastructure, and almost none of it arrived for infrastructure. It got spent on teachers' unions and filling in budget gaps for Democrats in blue cities so that they could use the money to spend on their cronies so that they could help get elected. And then all one Trump, when Trump was president... When President Trump was in office, he wanted an infrastructure program. The Democrats, of course, would never go along with it. So the first thing get with Biden is all this money, again, supposed to go for infrastructure. And once again, none of it, very little of it, sees the light of infrastructure. They always talk this infrastructure job-ready bills and all this crap. And the money gets spent on Democrat politics. So today we have an article in Newsweek. The crumbling infrastructure in New York City will cost lives if gone unfixed. And it addresses some of the things like the Trans-Manhattan Expressway. Video evidence showing their basis is essentially deteriorating. These are the the pillars that support four apartment towers housing thousands of Bronx residents above a highway where 280,000 vehicles traverse between New York and New Jersey daily. Port Authority, aware of the concerning structural issues, supposedly in the process of repairing them through the $2 billion restoring the George program, the George Washington Bridge. Nevertheless, he writes, just because the city is aware of problems and has plans to fix them does not necessarily mean that actual progress is underway. Later on in this article, he points to and this should be alarming the number of bridges in new york that are at risk of partial collapse has jumped from 47 in 2012 to at least 67 in 2018 now the basic this is the basic thing one of the basic things that your tax dollars are supposed to be paid for infrastructure When Bill Bresnan, I used to produce his financial show, one of the first shows when WABC switched from music to talk. And Bill Bresnan, a genius, by the way. Get a two-family home. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that Bill Bresnan used to talk about is how if, how the, the money that we pay for taxes, the amount of money then, and this was, folks, back in the 80s, and he said, if, if you look at the money that New York collects in taxes, every single road in New York City should not only be free of potholes, but should be lined with gold. Because that it was that much money coming into the city. And I dare any of you, especially you know this. If you're in the outer boroughs, you know this. If you're going through the roads of Queens. Good luck. Good luck with your car, trying to avoid the potholes. And in some cases, we're not talking about potholes. We're talking about craters. And we're not even talking about bridges that are falling down. You can look at some of the, the, the city-owned property, whether they be some of the, the, the railroad properties, the subways, and you see it's, things look filthy, They're filthy dirty. They're stuff that hasn't been pressure washed or cleaned in decades in New York. If you look not just at the conditions of the roads, look at the conditions of city-owned buildings in some cases. You know, the Brooklyn Bridge looks clean. The the last time I, 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 when I passed by the Brooklyn Bridge recently, I was like, wow, this bridge looks great. I had never seen this bridge look so great because Somebody did something. They actually cleaned it. They cleaned the dirt off of it. And it looks wonderful. But you go around New York, you go around New York City, the roads are in horrible shape. So we got criminals running around, let out out of jail. We have schools that barely can keep the doors open because no one knows where the kids disappeared to during COVID times. We got Mayor Adams demanding that 5 year olds and under wear mask in the city he just dropped that one or it's going to drop soon you've got 100 and over 100 billion dollars being spent and the basics of the city the infrastructure all this money the democrats are supposed to be pouring into infrastructure where does it go how come the infrastructure still a mess in new york how come the you go to other cities Around the world, it is true. Some of them look ghetto, ghetto, ghetto. I mean, I can't tell you when I'm. I, I think I mentioned to you the other week. I've been to Manila a bunch of times, um, and ill, uh, ill. The traffic is horrible, and in, in some places, it's just like decrepit. But New York is not supposed to look like that. How come our roads can't get fixed? I mean, we, some of us have been, as long as we've been in New York, we've been dealing with these problems. And so I just want to know from the Democrats, when are they actually going to govern? Where does the money go? And where are all those millions of dollars that de Blasio's wife was supposed to be spending on the mental health of New Yorkers? These are very basic things. This is what I say, Democrats and New York. This pretty much been a corrupt institution since the 1800s. Once in a while, we got lucky. We were lucky when we had Rudy. But outside of that, and 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 I, in in all fairness, I happen to think that Ed Koch was a halfway decent mayor. But outside of that, please. Yesterday I talked about Paladino. Now. I love Elise Stefanik, and I'm not going to back away from that. I love Elise. She was on the program a few weeks ago. I think Elise Stefanik is one of the rising stars in leadership. I hope her star continues to rise. I love that woman. She has gone in for Palladino. Um, I am not for Paladino at all. One of the things now – The story first came to light. New York Times, I read it yesterday, but the story was first sourced by Media Matters, and I can't stand Media Matters. These were people, these are jackals, and these people are so unfair in their coverage. They just are, this is a Hillary Soros-sponsored group. They hate Republicans. They do everything they can to lie and smear Republicans, and if it was just Media Matters, I wouldn't have bothered reporting it. But the New York Times, and they're no great shakes either, but they reported on this thing that, that Paladino said with Hitler, and I couldn't believe it. And so I said, well, I'm not going to judge it. It's media matters to first uncover it. I'm not going to judge it myself. I'm going to listen to it and see whether what they're saying is what he said. And this is what he said. Play it.
5: I was thinking the other day about... Somebody had mentioned on the radio uh, Adolf Hitler and, and and how he aroused the crowds. I mean, he get up there screaming these epithets and and, and these people were just they were, they were hypnotized by him. Uh, that's the, I guess I guess that's the kind of uh, a leader we need today. We need somebody inspirational. We need somebody that, that that is a doer has been there and done it. So that it's not a strange new world to them.
1: You heard what you heard. That's what we need today, an inspirational leader like Hitler. I'm paraphrasing what he said, so let me not be unfair. Least I be accused of taking it out of context. I want you to listen to his quote one more time. This is him, and he did not dispute. The New York Times had got a comment from him that, yeah, that was kind of a mistake that I said that. But this is what he said, Carl Paladino. I
5: was thinking the other day about uh, somebody I mentioned on the radio, uh, Adolf Hitler, and, and and how he aroused the crowds. <laughs> I and mean, we get up there screaming these epithets, and and, and these people were just they, they were hypnotized by him. Uh, that's the, I guess I guess that's the kind of uh, uh, leader we need today. We need somebody inspirational. We need somebody that 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 is a doer, has been there and done it, so that it's not a strange new world to him.
1: I can't abide that. Further, the New York Times story yesterday mentioned the quote that he said about Michelle Obama. Now, look, I know. Michelle Obama, I know. Radical leftist, I know. I got all of that. But the quote he said was that something, and I'm paraphrasing this because I don't have it in front of me at the moment, that she needs to be sent to the to the to the Zimbabwe outback, whatever the hell that means. Now, I don't care if you don't like Michelle Obama. I don't care if Michelle and you know nobody, nobody. I think during the rush years we talked about at what Michelle did, like this that her her horrible intrusion into America's school lunch program, which was an utter flop. But that was policy. That was not some racially tinged comment about her being sent to the Zimbabwe outback. Okay? And then Keith Woodford, who, Woodford, who ran for AG against Letitia James, he put out a comment yesterday. The Times uh, has it, and they, they did a big story today. Republicans caught every break in New York, then Palladino arrived. The incendiary congressional candidacy of Carl Paladino has divided New York Republicans and now threatens to shake up party leadership. And it's all about this guy that makes these comments. And the comments, and I had checked into this, Keith Woofer released a statement, basically said, look, this guy's a racist. And I know because of what he did to me when, I, when he ran or said about him when he ran for attorney general in New York as a Republican now I'm gonna say this black Republicans take a lot of crap we take crap from Democrats we take crap from liberals in some cases we take crap from our own families and black Republicans we're not perfect there are some that run as black Republicans that should never see the light of day in office because they're not qualified and they haven't been vetted but many of them are and they don't get the support of the party and I'm going to tell you this. Keith is one of the most brilliant lawyers in this country and a brilliant politician. There's a video of him on Charlemagne, the God show, that was taken last I've never seen anything like it. For a solid hour, explaining what Republicans are, explaining who we are, and very calmly dismantling the left. The guy's simply brilliant. And... What was allegedly said about him was the slur, the Moulyans, you know, we don't need a Moulyan running for attorney general, supposedly. And I've talked to a number of people. I'm just going to say this. I think people have to make up their own minds about who they support. I'm not telling anybody who's to support or not to support. But I'm saying this. Republicans have enough problems without going out and looking for other problems. And that's as much as I want to say about that race. And I hope every seat in Congress is going to count. And I hope, I sincerely hope, that this party will finally take a stand against people who have no business talking about race because apparently they are incredibly ignorant and vicious. That's as much as I want to say about it. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Sterling. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back right after this a community health consultant is wanted full-time
11: sought by main street rx llc in patterson new jersey to create education outreach program requires a bachelor's degree in health education or health related field plus 24 months of experience with diabetes education and consulting a community health consultant is wanted full-time sought by main street rx llc in patterson new jersey mail CV to yusuf At 764 Main Street, Patterson, New Jersey, 07503.
3: This is the story of a
7: very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear,
3: especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed.
11: Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council kelly entertaining and informative joe biden got rid of all that student debt 24 billion dollars in student debt that's a lot of money guess we want that entitlement attitude we want everybody to have a i'm entitled to no debt i'm entitled to not work i'm entitled to my weed i'm entitled to my netflix i'm entitled to chill
0: greg kelly weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m before rudy giuliani on 77 wabc Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirdley, on 77 WABC.
1: Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, bring us back. The Motown years.
2: Maybe
1: you'll go away and never I second that that emotion. We're gonna get back to your phones really quick. I read a story today. This has nothing to do with politics, and you know what? I love stories that don't have anything to do with politics sometimes. This story was in um, a Newsweek again. This amazing Newsweek is still around. I think they're only around online. Um, it's, It's about something that was on Reddit. The parents backed for telling pregnant daughter they wouldn't help raise the child. I look at the headline. I'm like, huh? What's that about? So let me just give you the gist of this. This was on apparently Reddit, the social media forum Reddit. They have a forum called the... Am I the the butthole? Except it's not butt. Am I the a-hole? And a woman posted her name under, and she talked about her story. And then, of course, everybody weighs in on it. Her story is about her daughter, who she's Kelly, who was pregnant at the age of 16. Kelly kept the baby. Kelly and, and the mom and her husband took care of the baby. The baby's Opal. She's now 16 years old, and Kelly is now 33. The the mother wrote that they helped Kelly. However, Kelly wouldn't help. She basically foisted her child on her parents. She would watch Opal, even, even if she asked them, even if they asked her daughter to watch the child, her child, for an hour, she gave them pushback. She didn't go to college after she, she had the child of 16, didn't go to college after graduation. She had a job with a flexible schedule, yet she rarely made herself available for her own daughter. She only stayed home to get sleep or get dressed to go out and party. She relied on the parents to purchase the supplies and take care of all the medical appointments for their grandchild. And they would have serious talks with their daughter and say, Look, you need to grow up. This is your baby. You need to you need to be a good parent. And she didn't listen. When she was when 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 the girl was six, when her daughter was six, her mom, Kelly, moved out of the house. After that, she rarely visited her daughter. She just pretty much dumped them off on the grandparents. So now the daughter's thirty three years old. They're all at dinner together. The 33-year-old daughter, and they're at dinner to celebrate and Opal, the daughter, this, their granddaughter, getting good grades at school. She's out to dinner. The entire family gets to, together for dinner. And the grandma, are there, they're, of course, taking care of, of Opal. And, and Kelly, the, the negligent mother, announces at the dinner that's supposed to be there to celebrate you know, she's pregnant again. She's pregnant again with her boyfriend. The parents wigged. And they're like, look, we are not taking care of another kid from you. We're not going to do it. You have to do this one on your own. We're not going to give you any support. So she ruins the dinner for her own daughter, who she never takes care of, announcing she's pregnant with another kid. And then the parents have been trashed for saying they're not going to take care of another one, that she either has to stand up on her own two feet, take care of the other, her, this new baby, or forget about it. Now, I, these kind of columns, it's like, wow. I, I read them, and I wonder how I would react in a situation like that. And I wonder how you would react in a situation like that. I mean, there are some kids, let's face it, who just never, ever, ever grow up and never take full responsibility. But is it fair to the child? It's a child at the end of this day that if somebody responsible doesn't step in and take care of the child, what happens to the child? And to me, that's the big question mark. And so I leave it to you. What would you do if this were your kid? What would you do? Let's head back to the telephones, John Rutherford, New Jersey. Oh, wait a minute, Neil was there, was he? Oh, he left. Let's go to John in Rutherford, New Jersey. You just got back, hey, eh? Oh,
12: slightly. How you doing? Good. Uh, I have a my son just came back from Europe, and uh, he was saying uh, I'm not sure if we uh, uh, I heard your comment earlier. The guy that was talking about the uh, the tourists. Yeah, in Paris. Yeah. And Right. And um, all the tourists wore masks, but nobody else did. And he thought that was kind of strange. But then again, you know, uh, he was on a trip all over Europe. He was in uh, Switzerland, UK and all those other places. And uh, but he especially in Paris, they were like really, you know, adamant that the tourists wore masks. So, huh. uh, you know, I just sit here and bring that out. Um, one one thing, if I can, about the uh, about the uh, the renovations in um, Penn Station. Yeah. Regular regular Americans are not going to get any of those jobs. Those are going to go to big companies, you know, that have you know thousands of people to work on that. So uh, they're talking about oh everybody's going we're going to get some high paying jobs and all that. That's not happening. Half of that money is going to disappear in the politicians' pockets, and the rest of it's going to go to sit there and and make believe that they're doing something when they're actually not doing anything.
1: You know, this is a fundamental lack of faith in in the government. And I know, and by the way, people are still not over the first renovation of Penn Station, which turned it from that beautiful historic uh, train station into that ugly mess that now has to be uh, once again renovated today. Infrastructure and Democrats, This is this is an excuse for them to raid the taxpayer. And when you look at the way that infrastructure, not just in this city, but in other American cities, are, uh, it, it, all these jobs supposedly that are supposed to come from infrastructure? All this money that Democrats claim is going to go for infrastructure—where does this money actually go? You raise a great point. Anne Huntington, New York, WABC is post-nearly's well Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Ann? It's
13: Suzanne Bow. I think. That- Hi, Suzanne. Hi. I think that Rush Limbaugh coordinated your fabulous appearances on radio for us. It's a gift from God and Rush to us. Anyway, um, Liz Cheney is the queen of sold out Republicans, and I have a name for that crowd Swamplicans. They want to return to the pre Trump expose of everything corrupt in the republican party and i think it's wonderful that the callers are putting a fine light on all of these blue governed cities and states because half of that republican party lacks balls and lacks integrity and if we don't vote it back starting november we are done but i keep the faith and thank you Bo, for everything
1: thank you so much for your call and here's what i think about November. I think we are poised this November and we cannot take anything for granted. But I don't think this effort by the Democrats to shift attention to January 6 or to keep attention on it is going to work. When we talk with Princess Di next hour, one of the things I'm going to mention and I hope she wants to talk about is the new inflation report because folks, it is miserable out there. There's a story in the Wall Street Journal by the way today that get this that even the ultra wealthy the uber rich are now pulling back on real estate because it has become so expensive that even the deep pockets are saying "Uh -uh, uh-uh uh-uh and i'm wondering if that's going to if there's going to be a burst in the real estate market right now and what that will do for the economy you know yesterday stock market dropped 800 points 800 points in a day after that inflation report came out. This economy may be, in, in November, still the dominant issue. And if it is, I think Democrats are in severe trouble. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurby, it is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. More of your calls coming up, 800-848-WABC. A lot more news coming up, too. Don't you dare go away.
11: NYC talk radio 77 WABC.
0: Welcome to the Golden Age of Radio. James Golden, aka Bose Nerdly is on 77 WABC.
1: James Brown, the one and only James Brown, Godfather of Soul, brings us back on WABC. There's a story today in uh, the Amazon Prime Washington Post. It's an editorial by Ruth Marcus. Uh, It's an opinion piece. How low will the Supreme Court go on guns? You know what I find fascinating, by the way? Let me just, the things we're talking about these days, look what's in the headlines. Abortion, guns. All the stuff that for 20, 30, 40, 50 years has driven the conversation on the right. And all of a sudden, after four years of Donald Trump in the White House, all of these issues that the right has been chomping at the bit to see changed, It's happening today. It's happening now in our time. And why is it happening? It is happening because Donald Trump kept his promise to Americans. And he changed the liberal and broke the liberal deadlock on the Supreme Court of the United States. That's why. All of these issues that have roiled this country now for almost a half a century, now they are front-page news. This one, Ruth Marcus, any day now the court is poised to decide New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, a challenge to a New York law requiring that people seeking licenses to carry a concealed handgun show, quote-unquote, proper cause, defined as a special need for self-protection the opinions are probably in their final stages so this column is an 11th hour plea to the justices to pause and consider in light of the massacres in uvalde texas and buffalo and the nationwide epidemic of gun violence the consequences of their ruling the language they use matters enormously Not so much for the pending case, but for the scope of what other gun regulations will be deemed permissible. I'm under no illusion here, writes Ruth Marcus. The court did not take this case to uphold the New York law. Conservative justices have been itching to further define the contours of the Second Amendment for years. They have one legitimate point and one scary gripe. The legitimate point is this. Since the court found in 2008 in the District of Columbia versus Heller, that the Second Amendment protects an individual's right, an individual's right to bear arms in self-defense. The lower courts have been left without further guidance about what approach to apply in assessing the constitutionality of gun laws. The scary gripe is that as the lower courts have coalesced around the standard for reviewing gun regulations, they are forced on the lower courts admonition that the Second Amendment is not unlimited. As a consequence, lower courts have overwhelmingly rejected challenges to the constitutionality of gun restrictions, leading some conservative justice to bemoan court's supposed treatment of the Second Amendment as a second class right. Now, what's all that mean? I mean, she doesn't want you, the average New Yorker, to have the right, the law-abiding New Yorker. The law-abiding, the law-abiding store owner, the law-abiding citizen, to have the right to carry concealed weapons. She's worried, as all liberals say, about these mass shootings. What no one ever seems to worry about is the that criminals. And I know this is a, this has become a quote-unquote talking point among the right. But is this not a reality? The lawless people in our society won't obey any law, no matter how well-crafted that law is. By definition, they are lawless. By definition, they don't respond to laws. They don't think about laws. If they did... They wouldn't murder people. If they did, they wouldn't rape people. If they did, they wouldn't brazenly go into the stores and rob the stores and throw item after item in shopping carts or duffel bags or whatever and walk out of the store as if they have a right to steal. And we see that on videos time after time. For as long as anybody can remember in the New York area, not just New York, law-abiding people have had to jump through hoops to have weapons to protect themselves. Meanwhile, the criminals apparently can just reach out to their favorite underworld or or criminal contact and get whatever kind of arms they want, and nobody seems to be able to stop them. So I'm not worried about this Supreme Court case that's coming down within days. I think it's, remember, I remember this. I'm trying to remember this columnist's name. There was a famous black columnist that worked for the Washington Post. And he was one of the ones that was always railing against guns. It turns out somebody invaded his house and he shot them with an illegal weapon. Because he made sure he was armed while he was ragging and railing against everybody else being armed. It is time for Americans to realize that on the left that the problem in America is not those people who obey the law, but the problem is with those that don't. And people that don't obey the law are not, are not going to obey any law that you place before them. And they have to be dealt with and dealt with harshly. 800-848-WABC. Let's head back to the phones. Pablo, Staten Island, welcome. You're on Bo Snurley, Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Pablo?
10: Good morning. How are you? Very good. I'm calling about, uh, you know, your know, before
4: about the uh, entering the country with uh, without the COVID thing. I think that... Uh, That whole thing is a ruse to go around Title 42, where they were, you know, there's a pending case in one of the district courts uh, not allowing it uh, to be repealed or or to be canceled. And and I think this was just a ploy to step around that. Now that we're letting everybody come through, why not everybody in the border, down in the southern border? Uh, So uh, it's just so that. Uh, because everybody will be pissed, especially in Texas and Arizona, at uh, Biden for, uh, you know, uh, repealing it.
1: Well, you raise an interesting point. Now, there's some other information that, Pablo, I need to bring to your attention. We had Todd Benzman on the show earlier this week. Todd Benzman is the amazing reporter with the Center for Immigration Studies. He has been to the border. He goes to the border regularly, not just our border but the border between Mexico and Central America, the other southern border. Let me see if I can just quickly bring to your attention some of the points that he raised. Number one, for all intents and purposes, Title 42 has already been abolished. The Democrats, even though a court has ruled that it still has to stand, they've been doing carve-outs. And the carve-outs are letting people in with no restrictions. Here's a second point that Todd Bensman raised, that this is really important. Cuba has signed a deal with Nicaragua. The Cubans are dumping their country of all the undesirables, flying them over to Nicaragua. From Nicaragua, they are entering or attempting to enter the United States. Here's the third point. It isn't just Cuba. Venezuela and other Central American nations are now sending massive amount of illegal immigrants up through Central America and already on an average day Senator Johnson confirmed this yesterday, we're seeing about 15,000 a day pour through the borders. Another point. If the borders remained as unchecked as they are. America is facing a surge of illegal immigrants that we have never experienced in our entire history. In this one year coming ahead, the projections are that we will have as many illegal immigrants crossing the border as is the entire population of Los Angeles. We are looking at 6.4 million illegal immigrants pouring through America's southern border unobstructed because the Biden administration has totally opened up the border for illegal crossings. And the border, our border services have pretty much been told to stand down. There is something even more troubling about all of this that Todd Binsman raised and has gotten evidence from. That is the involvement of the United Nations and of certain religious orders to assist illegal immigrants by helping them defeat and turn into a a, a joke our asylum process. And in some cases, the money to fund this travel is coming in of illegal immigrants pouring into the United States is coming from the United Nations. Also, we do not know the extent that Democrats are involved in making sure that these illegal immigrants are then spread throughout the United States. These midnight flag flights, for instance, into Westchester airport, someone is paying for those. Someone is paying for the buses that meet them. Someone is paying for all this to happen, and the American people are being kept in the dark. Folks, we have a national, national crisis that is happening at the borders of the United States. We have never seen anything like this in our nation's history. And what is the impact of this going to be? Well, think about it. Think about what happens when you bring in enough people that they would constitute the population Of Los Angeles, and many of them have no jobs, no medical care, no cost for education, who is going to bear the cost of this illegal immigration that is pouring into the United States? This is serious business, and all of this is happening. While we have a baby food crisis that has not been dealt with yet, inflation that is soaring in the United States... These problems of violence and criminality that are still occurring in every blue city in America? Why? Why is this happening? James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back. More of your calls. Part of the program. Right after this.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome to the Golden Age of Radio. James Golden, aka Bose Nerdly, is on 77 WABC. And
2: you can dance.
1: Madonna brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Boy, sounds so young in that one. And so processed. <clears throat> well, never mind that. Uh, let us head back to the telephone. <laughs> Mark from Staten Island, welcome. You're on Boston Nerdly's Radio Extravaganza Saturday morning. How are you, Mark?
9: Brother, um, I want to talk about in, uh, the uh, way liberals embezzle money. Uh, back when the Verizon Bridge was being built, part of the money was agreed to go to mass transit. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it's been that way. It's been that way ever since. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and now the TBTA is no longer the TBTA. It's the all. It's the MTA. So all that toll money, it's like a big pot of stew. We can't tell where it goes. We can't prove. They're, they're embezzling the money to go into mass transit.
1: Okay, I like you that.
9: Know,
1: it, Let me so so you put that. So now I'll throw down and raise you one. Remember all that lottery money that was supposed to go to education? <laughs> That's gone too. Yeah, yeah, what happened to it? Right? And you remember, remember, remember all that infrastructure money that they voted that was supposed to go to fix the roads and give us and give us uh, 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 jobs, you know, ready jobs. We have all these projects that have ready
9: jobs. Whatever happened to all that money? Yep. And, and remember what Lindsey Rockefeller said: the, the, the toll would come off as soon as the bridge is paid for. Oh, I remember that. Wait a minute. And you mean the, the bridge and still it was... isn't
1: paid for yet? I guess not. I remember the toll was 50 cents. It was 50 cents, I remember. Remember when you could get on the subway for 35 cents? Yeah. And, that, and, yeah. and, and And people were, were going nuts because it had been raised from 15 cents? And all of a sudden now you have all this money. And I just found out a few weeks ago that guess what? We don't have cameras in New York in many of the New York subway stations. Can you imagine that? All the billions that pour into the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. All the billions that pour into MTA. And we don't have cameras in New York City subways. So we can't get the criminals on camera because we don't have the cameras to catch the criminals on camera.
9: And they're always blaming Republicans for uh, stealing other people's money and using it for themselves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you're the man. You're the man. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that so much. Let's go to John in Rockland County. John, welcome. Bo Snertley's Radio Extravaganza. It's Saturday morning. How are you,
3: John? Uh, great, and you're a great show. Um, my only comment about the abortion controversy is that consenting adults have a choice to use contraception. Uh, before they have sex, so i don 't understand the argument of you know my choice i 'm like well you you had a chance to make a choice, and you chose not to do it. You know,
1: well, maybe I can help you with this because you raise a valid point. Do you remember the name Sandra Fluck no. she well anyway, she was like this 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 Georgetown person the Democrats coalesced all around her because she when she testified that what women needed was for the government to pay for their contraceptive. That 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 college-age graduate school women like herself and other women in that age group, they, you know, look, they could afford all kinds of things, but they couldn't afford contraceptive unless the government paid for it. So maybe that's the answer to your question. Since government isn't paying for contraception, these women, they simply can't use it because no one will pay for it for them.
3: Or are even the men wearing a condom or, you know, I mean,
1: no. it just seems <laughs> come on, men in condoms. Do we really, do you really want me to comment on that? Because you know, the objection that when you tell a guy to, okay, come on, wear your socks? What's the first thing they tell you? Put on your socks. That's what I, I had a girlfriend when I was in, when I was in, when I was a young man, I'll put it like that. And, her dad and I became friendly after I stopped seeing his daughter. And and he'd tell me, You know, young men, you you young men, you have to wear your socks. You have to wear your socks. That's what he'd tell me all the time. You have to wear your socks. And men always object to wearing their socks because they say it doesn't, it's not the same experience with their socks on. I hope I'm not being too crude. Yeah, but it just
3: seems that the, this whole, so. Why don't they uh, say, okay, let's have paid for contraception and make it free? I mean, the, the consequence of taking a life because of your decision, you know. And I'm talking about consenting adults. I'm not talking about uh, something with force on you, with rape or incest or anything like that. I'm talking about the vast majority of abortions are are done by people that chose not to use contraceptives you're talking
1: about personal responsibility that's what you're talking about you know i i mentioned earlier that i that i would visit manila i've mentioned this a few times over the past few weeks several times one of the biggest crudest lessons i uh, shocking lessons that i learned the first time i was in manila was that cars have the right of way like what cars have the right of way and so what happens as a consequence of that is that if you are a pedestrian, you actually have to teach your children at a very early age, you better not step out in that street without looking. You better kind of obey the traffic laws because the cars have the right of way, not you. And they will run your behind over if you don't take responsibility for yourself. Now, that may sound like a minor lesson, but it was a huge, that to me was just a huge Huge difference in the way, uh, in, in, in the mentality. And I had never thought about that there are other countries, and I'm not, look, I'm not bragging America for this. We have a different mentality about things here. But part of our mentality that the left has successfully used is that we don't have to be responsible for our own actions. Oh, if you commit a crime, it's because. I heard um, Chase Bodine the newly recalled district attorney of San Francisco. I watched his victory, his his defeat speech, and one of the things that he did is he declared victory. He said that even though he was recalled, that we have won because what we have proven nationwide is that there is a movement underfoot that will no longer accept incarceration as, um, as 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 he equated incarceration to a fight against poverty, he said we cannot incarcerate our way out of poverty, and he got a huge, huge hand from the audience. And this is what liberal DAs are about: the the notion somehow that by incarcerating people for the crimes they commit is actually doing a disservice because the criminals are poor. And we can no longer incarcerate our way out of of poverty, out of inequity. So this is what the liberals have done. They have removed personal responsibility from almost every aspect of life, whether it's sex, and you're absolutely right. If you get pregnant, and again, we're not talking, as you stipulated, we're not talking about rape or forcible sex. We're talking about with consenting sex. If you, if you get pregnant through consenting, consenting sex, someone else is responsible. And, oh, by the way, get rid of it. If you don't want to just get rid of it. You can't tell me what to do with my body. It's not your body. It's someone else's body. And there's no personal responsibility. And it goes all the way through crime and every other crime. We can't, we're not going to incarcerate you because if we incarcerate you, we can't fight poverty. And this is absolutely asinine. It makes no sense. But this is what liberalism and progressivism and socialism is. It defies logic. And it also defies Rugged individualism and the notion that men and women are capable of making good decisions for themselves, of taking care of themselves, and have to be responsible for the consequences of their own behavior. It's someone else's problem to face the consequences, not yours. And that is an exact, exact point on liberal logic. There is no logic. This is why when Democrats talk about we need a common sense approach to guns, well, that would be fine, except Democrats don't have common sense. And I don't mean that pejoratively. There is nothing in common that we have with them when it comes to responsibility and consequences. They have a completely different mindset than we do. Already our number two is gone. Our number three. Boston Early Saturday morning radio extravaganza is coming up. Princess Di joins us in the next hour. Can't wait, can't wait. And your calls, and I really can't wait for those as well. So we'll be back. Don't go away. Coming right back. Stay right there.
0: Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: And here we are, our number trio, the third hour of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Remember, you can download the WABC app, stream WABC all day, all night, worldwide. All you have to do is hit WABCradio.com. Also, remember, Larry Cutlow's show comes up right after this. You'll want to keep it here on WABC. Governor Gavin Newsom out in Cali has uh, said that the recall of San Francisco's District Attorney Chase Bowden was predictable, although he thought it didn't. Get this. He didn't think it deserved the national media attention it got. Really? Really? Yeah, these Soros DAs are getting all kind of, and that's what they are. Look, I'm not one of these people that goes on this Soros, Soros, Soros is the boogeyman for everything in the world. But let's be real. Soros put millions of dollars in electing these socialist leftist DAs. And they have wreaked havoc on America. And now, thankfully, people are seeing that some of them are just incredibly awful, like our very own Alvin Bragg. Uh, Chicago State Attorney Kim Fox. Little home problems there. She's been married, I think, 20 years, they said. Uh, Her husband called 911. She uh, was slapping him around, apparently. Little domestic problems there. This is the woman, remember, that uh, did her best to let Jessie Smollett off the hook. And uh, apparently, boy, this was a really humdinger at the house. I hope they're able to work it out. Nobody wants to see couples that stay together a long time have bad problems. Get this. Out in the leftist paradise, paradise of Seattle, where you can see homeless people taking over the town, and anarchists, and the, the, the just almost like, like Portland, you can see the, the Antifa types taking over the town, a Seattle police chief who displayed Nazi insignia on his office door, the city just gave him, gave him $1.5 million as a settlement. They put him on, on uh, two weeks of unpaid leave. This guy had made jokes about the Holocaust, had a Nazi insignia on the door, An internal investigation com, uh, uh, concluded Camerzell—that's his name, Derek Kammerzell, knew the meaning of the Nazi insignia, insignia. he placed above the nameplate on his office door, which was a high an, an Obergruppenfuhrer, a high official in Hitler's paramilitary SS a detective filed a complaint. He was also overheard joking about the Holocaust. So this guy was put on unpaid leave. They demanded his resignation, and he got himself a lawyer after he was going to be disciplined a second time, and it appeared to be headed for litigation. But instead of litigation, Seattle just said, oh, never mind, we'll give you... $1.5 million will make you a millionaire if you quit your job. And this guy's on the police force. Defies logic. Again, this is what I mean. Liberals defy common sense and defy logic. Steve Bannon. Got to love Steve. Steve Bannon has subpoenaed House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, along with all of the members of the January 6th Select Committee, in his contempt of Congress trial next month. Giving, this is from Bizpak Review this morning, giving the vengeful Democrats and their two GOP allies, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, a taste of their own medicine. Now, we don't know whether, of course, these subpoenas are going to be upheld, but go, Steve Bannon, go. Exactly right. Subpoenas to all of the January 6th Kamina. Uh, A committee. Here's another story. I could go on with this one for hours, but I'm not going to talk about this every single week. And we have been talking about this for weeks. This story is in the Washington Examiner. When a video of a gay bar in Dallas hosting a drag queen show for children drew widespread outrage from parents and conservatives, it represented the latest chapter in a growing trend of drag shows for minors. The show, which many deemed inappropriate for children, was the latest episode in the saga that dates back several years and started with the controversial Drag Queen Story Hour at public libraries. While Texas is now, there's a Texas legislator who now wants to put in legislation to ban these drag shows for children. The Drag Queen Queen Story Hour was founded in where else? Take a guess, which city? One, two, three, three, two, one. Which city? Of course, San Francisco. The organization Drag Queen Story Hour proudly advertises that it started out as Drag Queen's Reading stories to children in libraries and grew into a global phenomenon. The defenders of drag shows and drag queen story hours say the programs are fun and harmless ways to introduce children to the gay and transgender movement. Huh. Is that what grooming is? Oh, uh, no, liberals do not like that term, grooming. We're not supposed to use that term. Uh, speaking of district attorneys, a mother whose Army veteran son was stabbed to death in Harlem in 2018 ripped Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg in an open letter of his decision to offer, guess what, plea deals the two defendants in the case. You just heard Hochul on the top of the hour news talking about how much she's done with crime and guns and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madeline Brain, who sent the letter to Bragg and Governor Kathy Hochul, claims the DA didn't communicate with her before they decided to offer plea deals, which let one of the defendants off with time served. You violated my rights as a crime victim to be fully informed and to be heard. Ms. Brame wrote, why would you dismiss murder charges against half the participants when the murder and their roles were caught on video? Her son, Asim Korea, then 35-year-old, married dad of three, Beaten and stabbed October 2018 by a group of assailants. Travis Stewart, Mary Saunders, and her two brothers, James and Chris Saunders. At the time, authorities alleged that Mary, 41 years old, had punched and kicked Mr. Carrera before trying to pin him down while her brother stabbed him and then chased him when he attempted to escape. Bragg's prosecutors said they didn't think they could prove beyond a reasonable doubt that she intended, there's that word again, oh, i didn't intend for you to get murdered. I just held you there while my brother stabbed you to death. So Bragg and his prosecutors let Mary plead down to a charge of, get this, felony assault. One of them was allowed to walk. Because they spent a year in jail as the case was in court, a year, stabbing army veteran, father of three, to death. After they punched and and got him, all on video, let him, let one of the defendants go. This is what's going on in New York City. This is what this is what this is what liberals and socialists have elected in New York. I have a climate change story here. That I don't, I don't want to get to in detail. But here's the gist of it: Leaders make big climate promises; they're struggling to follow through. The world is barreling toward a 1.5 degree Celsius, a threshold of temperature rise. Leaders say they would try not to cross. Here's the, here's the, here's the thing: You go through this whole article. Liberals are questioning. Remember all this, this this, big talk around the Paris Agreement? Donald Trump wisely took us out of it because it was going to hurt American business. Joe Biden, one of the first things he did was put us back in this costly thing. Well, guess what? All this big talk about what they're going to do to stop the car none of it's working. They're not doing it. It's not happening. So all this money we're spending is going down the drain, and liberals are worried because no one's keeping these big promises that they make. And if you go through the story, the other thing is, The big thing that Libs are upset with is that the wealthy nations, meaning the United States, is not giving money to the poorer nations to help the poor nations of the world fight climate change. So the liberals are upset. The climate's still rising 1.5 Celsius degrees upward. It's not supposed to because they made all these big promises and now nothing's happening. Tisk, Tisk, Tisk. There is a story in the Los Angeles Times today that is interesting. Not going to have enough time to go through it, but it is about the celebrity star study school in Los Angeles in Brentwood that is now being sued for its racially divisive anti-Semitic curriculum that was put in place after the George Floyd killing without Parents' knowledge. This is happening, these kind of things, in schools all around the country and coming to light. It is just amazing. Let us take a break. 800 848 WABC 800 848 9222.
0: Radio 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di.
1: Well, that's right, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs>
1: it is time for Her Highness, Her Royalness. Everything lovely, nice, and intelligent. Finally, some intelligence. Because I've just been ranting and raving out of my mind today. Finally, the voice of reason pops up. And it is our very own... Speaking of pop, we got news on pops today. It's our very own Princess of Pops. Yes, yes. (laughs) Princess Di. Welcome, Princess Di. How are you?
7: I am so happy to speak with you, Sir James. I always love that intro. It's just so enjoyable. Yeah, me.
1: me too. I love it too. Listen, your president... Joe Your Biden friend. got heated speaking about foreign shipping companies yesterday. He's frustrated. He says he wants to pop somebody. I have to admit to you, a lot of us elected officials have been in office for a while. Every once in a while, something you learn makes you viscerally angry. Like if you had the person in front of you, you'd want to pop them. Well, he he, he wants to pop Shipping moguls because they've raised their prices, and Joe Biden doesn't like shipping moguls raising their prices. And now he wants to pop them, he wants to take them out and do what he did to corn pop. He wants to pop them, he wants to corn pop the shipping moguls.
10: (laughs) He was a bad dude, he's a really
1: bad dude.
10: You know, Joe Biden had chains. (laughs) He had chains. And he came up.
1: He saw me. He saw them little black kids rubbing the hair on my legs. And he was like, what are you doing? Hey, it's not me. Joe Biden talked about black kids rubbing the hairs on his legs. I know. It's so weird. Very freaky and creepy. Yeah, and then he wanted to popcorn pop because corn pop had chains. And now he wants to go pop some shipping moguls. And he doesn't
7: want to send his kid to those jungle schools either while I'm at oh, it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, you know. And all I them think... Indians in the
1: 7 store. Because, <laughs> you know, you've got to be an Indian if you own a 7-Eleven
7: store. You have to have a slight Indian accent. That you have to have cool. an Indian accent.
1: <laughs> and you have to be clean and articulate like Obama. Finally, we got a clean and articulate one that's what joe biden did say about obama all this stuff is just i'm just having a joe biden moment here why i'm channeling joe i don't want my kids going to them jungle schools with them jungle kids with them jungle people (laughs) them little black kids like to rub the hair on my legs i don't know why they like to write to rub the hair on my legs but they do. Little black kids, they sit around me like I'm Abe Lincoln. They look up to me like I'm great white father, and they rub the hair on my legs. But I still don't want my kids going to them jungle schools with them jungle kids. And by the way, I want them jungle kids, well, they can't own 7-Elevens because you have to have an Indian accent to run 7-Elevens, but I want to pop me some, some some shipping moguls
7: like I popped old corn pop. What
1: the
7: hell? 81 million votes, James. 81 million votes. Okay, well, the latest bad guy in Joe Biden's world are these anonymous shipping moguls, which he suddenly came up with. As he said, every once in a while, something you learn makes you viscerally angry. So he he just learned about the shipping world, apparently, (laughs) that there are shipping moguls. And he says, this is his quote, after he said he wanted to pop these moguls, there are nine major ocean line shipping companies that ship from Asia to the United States, nine. They formed three consortium. These companies have raised their prices by as much as 1,000%. So nine companies... Formed three first of all as a as a language person, the plural of consortium is consortia, so you can't have three <laughs> consortium, but I leave that aside. no one else notices these things, okay. but he has gone from blaming. Republicans, to blaming Putin, and then now all of a sudden he's trying to aim the anger of the American people at these shadowy shipping companies because his own transportation secretary hasn't untangled the supply chain problem at all, has made it worse.
1: Pete Buttigieg's too busy trying to get some baby formula going.
7: I thought he was on leave. Paternity leave. He so came he back, back from back?
1: paternity leave. Yeah, he's back. He's, he, <laughs> okay. he, and he, and he, and Chasing are are the dads are. Their twins, are, I think, have enough baby food. Just because your baby doesn't, what do you
7: care? Okay, so Mayor Pete is back in the saddle, so to speak. Okay, oh, so to speak. good to know. So, yes, uh, the supply chain is broken, and so Biden and his regime have been blaming lots of different... They're just basically throwing things at the wall to see what will stick, I think. And this is the latest one. And let me tell you, this is not going to work. Most people had a, huh, reaction to Biden. Wanting to pop, you know, moguls, foreign moguls. Didn't name any of them. Didn't specify the company names. It's just, oh no, it's these anonymous shipping companies that are to blame for. And he said in the same speech that this was the cause of the of the increase in food and and fuel. And then in the same speech, he said basically Exxon was to blame. And then he said it was potent price hike. So. He he is so confused. He's just, as I say, a little bit, I think, stunned by the numbers. Uh, inflation, as you had mentioned, yeah, let's talk about that. 8.6 uh, annual rate as of last numbers. And uh, Moody's Analytics and, and analyzed that. That's $460 more per month. For every American now, people cannot come up with basically an additional five hundred dollars a month that they're spending on necessities food and fuel, so this is why people are just upset and of course blaming uh, Biden for his policies because that's what 's causing it, so he's trying to redirect the anger elsewhere, and it is not going to work
1: well, what i don 't understand is this: there was surprise in the economic capitals of our of our uh, they were surprised. They expected this inflation to go down. Why? What has the Biden well, administration done to drive well- in-
7: they've been wrong about everything at first they thought it was going to be transitory and then they denied it was happening and then they changed that to well it was a good thing and now all of a sudden it's so obvious which we all knew was this is exactly what everyone predicted because it is like gravity you increase the money supply as much as they have by trillions and trillions of dollars, it devalues each individual dollar, and it takes more dollars to buy things. This is like a law of economics. And so when Biden started doing this, you know, trillions of dollars of additional dollars, everyone said this is going to cause terrible inflation. And the fact that they did not react for so long has now made this a A domino effect problem that is not, that genie is not going to go back into the bottle without terrible pain for the American people. And yet, I just read this morning Politico's analysis calling it a vibe recession, V-I-B-E. It's just bad vibes. That this is, it's just people are upset for no reason. We are in a recession in vibe only. The Fed targets vibes, which is a problem. But this is just bad feelings that American people is going to cause an Uh, upcoming problem. But there is no economic problem because unemployment is good. Job openings are good. Consumer demand is good. The economy is red hot. This is according to Politico. So it is a mystery. And Biden has said the same thing, how great the American economy is. It is a mystery to the uh, regime and to the media why people are so upset about it. yeah the gas prices are going up a little bit but it's not a big deal because everything else is wonderful so well, they are i don't know i heard Biden's
1: – i i heard that 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 new spokesperson for uh, for biden the one in the oh, white house God. that that poor girl that she just oh.
7: She's Let me above. tell you, she's adorable. She is very cute. She's a very attractive, pretty person. And I feel for her because it seems she is out of her depth. She's floundering.
1: I don't care how, yeah. how they, they ask her a question. This She's obviously, she doesn't, she, well, anyway, okay, I'm not going to pick on the girl, but I'm going to tell you something. I wonder how long she's going to last because, boy, they are just beating her up on a daily basis. And I mean this is well, a friendly this is a, yeah. this is a friendly press. And they're still right. beating her up. Every press conference and she's out there making the case, trying to make the case that the economy is just humming along, everything is doing great. And you just mentioned it.
7: <laughs> Because that is the line of her boss, and that is her job, is to go out there and sell the uh, positions of the Biden regime. And so they give her a bad hand. I mean, as I said, I really feel for her because she's young, and she's clearly talented in some ways. But What ways? She's not (laughs) talented. She's a political hack. What are you talking about? She's talented.
1: The only thing she sits up there and does is try to make excuses, and none of them work talented
2: well, as
7: i say she was sent out there with these things to say and the fact that it's not working you know it's hitting reality and so they they've, they've kind of made her a sacrificial lamb which is unfortunate
1: okay let's go to this story that i could not decipher for the life of me and this is why i turn to you because there are sometimes no, i read things diana they make absolutely no sense to my brain the words and i'm not kidding I read this stuff, and I get lost. I'm like, what are they? T- what does this mean? So there was a story in, which was it? The New York Times. New Today, York Times. What the supporters of gun rights mean when they talk about evil. That would be me, because I talk about evil all the time. And this thing went off into Christian theology and how the, the, what I got from is that Christians talk about evil, but they don't really know what they're talking about.
7: I'm like, what the, what, what is this? When we turn to, when we want to know what is the Christian position on anything, we immediately turn to the New York Times, don't we? (laughs) Oh, yeah this guy who is the author his name is esau mccauley he's an assistant professor of new testament at wheaton college in wheaton illinois and this is in my wheelhouse i went to houghton college which is a kind of sister school to wheaton uh, evangelical colleges and they are part of a christian college consortium to use that word And so I am familiar basically with the environment he's writing for. But the reason the New York Times put him in is because he is scolding Christians for not doing Christianity correctly, because in his view and according to his liberal point of view, that, you know, all Christians should embrace gun control. And that's the position he's writing from. He basically acknowledges that um, there are three sources of evil. It's a long theological discussion, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And he thinks Christians get it wrong because they take seriously Jesus's comment, and I, he has it in there. So I'm going to read that. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, False testimony and slander, these are what defile a person, Jesus said. And so then Esau Macaulay spends the rest of this essay saying Jesus is wrong because really it's society that is evil, and he cites American society being evil due to slavery. And so he says, basically, people who believe that murder starts in an evil heart— Have a deficient doctrine of sin and evil, it limits to the individual. They recognize only one source of sin, the heart. And so he's arguing with Jesus here, which of course he would not acknowledge, but he started with that quote, so I am pointing it out, and then basically ends up saying, he quotes another Bible verse if anyone knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin. And he's basically saying, Christians, know that gun control is good, and we should do it and so if we do not embrace gun control, we are sinning so that is basically why is it the, the only issue.
1: time the New York Times seems to talk <laughs> about Christians is to bash them
7: and to use uh, Christian uh, scripture to bash them over the head and and tell them they need to embrace a liberal position and so of course i I have to say i I like this guy in one way. He has written a book called Josie Johnson's Hair and the Holy Spirit. It's a new book. It's a uh, children's book. And it is, a. he talks about his own daughters. It's based on his own daughters. He's African-American and how, you know, it was a teaching tool to how, why the Holy Spirit, why God loves, everybody and values everybody, which I think is a wonderful book. It's a beautiful story, and I think he should stick to writing children's books.
1: Well, I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm glad you explained that piece to me because I was just shaking my head. At some point, I just put it down. I said, okay, I'm going to turn this one over to Diane and have her explain it because I can't. So <clears throat> I do appreciate it as always, Princess Di, an honor and a pleasure for us to have you here on both Nerdly's Saturday morning radio extravaganza, and we'll look forward to hearing from you next week.
7: Always wonderful to talk to you, Sir James.
1: Thank you much. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. Your call is coming up, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Coming back right after this.
0: Talk radio 77, WABC. knows politics and so much more a true connection to real new york on 77 wabc
1: yeah this is a james request i asked diego if we had this leonard skinner sweet home alabama i don't know why i love this song so much but i do This is one of my favorite songs.
2: songs
1: I'm South and yes. Sweet Home, Alabama. On WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Uh, speaking of the Southland, there's going to be a primary on Tuesday in South Carolina. And one of the people running is... Tom Rice, he's a congressman. He's one of the ten rhinos that voted to impeach President Trump in that second farcical impeachment. Now, Mr. Rice, and this is what I want to ask you all. Mr. Rice says he's a pro-business conservative. And by the way, I don't doubt that he has some conservative tendencies. He says he's a self-proclaimed Chamber of Commerce Republicans. To me, that's a red flag because the Chamber of Commerce isn't what it used to be. And in fact, if you want to know why we still have an immigration mess, you can look to the Chamber of Commerce as one of the reasons. He also helped... Donald Trump craft the tax changes in, the, uh, two, in 2017. But he says, this is what Mr. Rice says today, of Donald Trump. He says Donald Trump is the past. Rice says he hopes that Donald Trump doesn't run again. And I think if he does run again, he hurts the Republican Party. We desperately need somebody who's going to bring people together. And he says, Donald Trump is not that guy. Now, I couldn't disagree more with that. We're never, Donald Trump is never going to bring liberals. The hardcore Trump haters will never, ever, ever support Donald Trump. The rhinos, like Liz Cheney, will never support Donald Trump. But, There are so many people in this country that wanted a second term of Donald Trump because of the things that he did, not the things that he said, the things that he did. As I pointed out earlier, we have been arguing about guns and gun control. We've been arguing about abortion for almost half a century. We are finally seeing some legislation, or not legislation, we're finally at the point where we may have dramatic change on both of those issues thanks to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court makeup would not be what it is without two people. One is the turtle, And I know there are a lot of objections in our party for the turtle. That's, by the way, the nickname that Rush gave him, Senate Minority Leader, Mitch McConnell. But the other is Donald Trump. Donald Trump ran on. One of his campaign promises was that he would only nominate conservatives to the court that believed in the Constitution. He did, and as a result of this, if you listen to Jacqueline Carl at the top of the hour, she talked about the d h s um uh, assessment now that we might have more violence in the country after roe v Wade is if it is repealed, yes, the left is going out of their mind they have even after this assassination attempt against. Justice Kavanaugh, they have now doxed Justice Amy Comey Barrett. They've told their followers where her children go to school, the church that she goes to. It's almost as if the left is is, I, I hate to say this, but it is almost as if they are doing everything they can to bring their crazies out in the hopes that something really bad happens here. And so I can understand people thinking, well, there could be violence from these lefties. But that is no reason, worrying about violence, for the justices to stop doing the right thing here. Roe v. Wade was always bad law. If it gets corrected, it goes back to the state's. What is happening with this New York gun case is important because what it affects is law-abiding people. The criminals are going to do what criminals do, and we need to contain the criminal element in our society. But we need to stop punishing law-abiding American citizens. And if we ever, ever get real, we had a ruling about the border from DHS, I didn't mention it today because it is—it's a little bit in the weeds. But basically, it says the ruling from DHS—it was from a judge—that DHS cannot keep allowing border officials to use "quote unquote" discretion. They actually have to follow the law when it comes to what's going on at the border. There's a long way to go with this. But Donald Trump is the reason that we are here. And so Mr. Rice, the self-proclaimed Chamber of Commerce Republican, who is facing a primary challenge, will see if he prevails. But I don't think that he's right when he said that Donald Trump will hurt the Republican Party if he runs again. I'll take a quick call that I just saw come in. And that's from London. And is that London, Ontario, or London? Is that is that where this call is coming from? Anyway, Lenny, I just saw your call come in, Lenny, and I, I read the subject line, and I said, oh, i got to take this call. I don't want you to go away. Lenny, welcome. Oh, okay. How are you, Lenny?
9: Good, good, good. Hey, I, 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 I started listening to your, uh, your radio show last month, and I really enjoy uh, your radio station. i got a short radio, and I can get you through pretty clear, so... I really enjoy Curtis and uh, what's his name, uh, Frank Marano.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The other side of midnight with Frank Marano.
9: <laughs> yeah, Those two guys are man. They they do a they do a really good job. You know they uh they, they certainly hey they they were fit they they were fit to talk on the radio. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: so mm-hmm.
9: so are really you calling it from it.
1: London, Ontario? Yeah,
9: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So Lenny, what is the point you'd like to make with us this morning?
9: well uh, the thing is you know is uh the the gun situation is bad over there, and uh I don't think they'll ever uh get rid of the guns no matter what they do. I think it's just gonna be the same old same old and uh and like i said the, uh like I told your colour there while only the people in the military should have guns, police officers should have guns, and uh if you're going hunting well that's that's good too, and I think that's the only that's the only people that should be able to have guns.
1: Uh, so so, mm-hmm. so yeah. your view is that we Americans are way too lax with guns because in this country, citizens have the right to bear arms, and you don't think that that's correct. Only the police, hunters, and who, what was the other group you said? The police, the hunters, and and one other group, you and the military should be allowed to have yeah, guns.
9: And uh, like I said, you know, uh, uh, hey, why have a gun? Vote and have some fun, but I guess you know that's the way the American society is. They, you know, they, they, are they, they're, they're, you know, they allowed to bear arms. I understand that, and I guess you know it's never, you know, it's never going to probably change because it's, uh, it's it, there's just too many guns in the United States, and it's never going to go away. That's the way I look at it, right? you know.
1: Well, here's the way I look at it, Lenny. Criminals, no matter what you say, will always have guns. The criminals, the people that don't want to break the, the people that don't care about the law. I mean, people commit murder. You know, murder is against the law, Lenny. People are not supposed to do that.
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: it's, They it's, do it anyway. And so here's what we have in America. We have this thing called freedom here. You're Justin Trudeau. Many of us shake our heads where, where Justin Trudeau can just say, okay, that's it, no more guns. And all you guys just bend over, grab the ankles and say, okay, that would never happen here. Because... Because we, our Constitution allows us to have guns. And you know one of the things that happens because of that, and I've, I've said this any number of times, maybe you heard me, because of that there is never an evil nation on the face of this earth that would dare try to occupy the United States. There are 300 million guns in this country, most of them in the hands of law-abiding citizens, yeah. people that do not break the law, people who follow the law. And it would never happen in this country what has happened in other nations where an opposing army can just march in and do a blitzkrieg and own you in a week or two. would never happen here and it, because we have this amazing document in our Constitution. And by the way, if it weren't for the average person, the farmers, the people that make the country work having guns, we would have never been able to declare our freedom from England. So, I mean, we have a difference of opinion. I mean, I respect your opinion. I'm just thankful that I'm an American citizen and I don't live in a place where a a, a toy prime minister, a boy prime minister can just say, okay, that's it, no more guns. And guns have never been a really big problem in Canada. But he just says, okay, no more guns, and all you guys just say, okay. I don't understand that, Lenny. I'll give you the final word
9: where you come from because you know there are you know in the united states there is responsible gun owners that that hey they you know they're good people and uh and you know uh, uh they got to kind of listen to all this what's going on in the news and, and you know all the bad things are happening with guns and uh so they're, they're the ones shaking their heads saying well hey it's not us doing it we're you know we're, we're responsible gun owners and i can understand that you know got and, it uh, and, and like I said, you know, uh, it, it's just uh, you get a few bad apples out of the bunch that just uh, make it look bad for everybody. And and you figure it well, a little, hey, uh, uh, and that, that, that's that's a sad part about uh, You get the wrong guns in the wrong hands, and, the, and 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 you know things happen, and people get hurt, and you know shot, and and there, there's no way around it, you know. So you know.
1: Got it, Lenny. Thank you for the call. We gotta head to a break. Our final break, and then we're going to head to telephones for the rest of the program. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirley. Appreciate your call, buddy. Uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirley. is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Boy, time is flying. More of your calls coming right up. Don't go away.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirley, is on the air. 77 WABC. <laughs>
1: Cheryl Lynn. Got to be real on WABC Talk Radio 77. That's right, baby. To be real, this was a number one hit for Cheryl. Ralph in New Jersey, welcome. You're on Boston Nerdly Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Ralph?
8: I'm, I'm fine. Thank you, James. Uh, uh, you know, this uh, whole spectacle or, uh, you know, sideshow called the January 6th hearing, uh, what is the whole point of this and what are we getting out of this? We know that this is a diversion, Bo. This is also a, to distract about the real issue of the day, which is the Islamic the squeeze. that is being brought about by the biden inflation there's no one to blame for this whole thing that's going on with our economy but biden okay he can point the finger of blame here there everywhere but he is the one solely responsible for this whole thing all
1: right ralph i think my man i think you have nailed it and it is a distraction and by the way this is why i said earlier the American people, as far as I'm concerned, are not going to buy this. They had hoped that maybe this would turn the tide on what they fear. The tsunami that is coming in in uh, in November, I don't think it will. Let us quickly go, and thank you for the call. Time's running out. Let us go quickly to Anthony in Morris County, New Jersey. Anthony, thanks for calling. What's on your mind this morning?
10: Well, thanks for taking my call, James. James, I have a pet, maybe not so much a pet, about the term uh, illegal immigrant. You know, Michael mm-hmm, Savage mm-hmm. said, "Change the language, change the culture." It's an oxymoron. Uh, there's no such thing as an illegal immigrant. Immigrant is a lawful permanent admission to the United States, like my grandmother and grandfather. Uh, and it's and I think uh, changing the language is a an artful deception engineered by the libs. Because what do you uh, think we should call them?
1: What do you think that, that people that we well, know... Well,
10: people who object to alien call them illegal migrants. Migrant is not a, a permanent entry into the United States. Or call them illegal foreign nationals. But don't have a contradiction, contradiction of terms permeate our language. And, well, you, and, you know, I understand and,
1: your point. You raise, you raise a really good point. But you know, what, you know why I am going to continue to use the term illegal immigrant? Why? Because it ticks liberals off. That's why. That's why I use it because it ticks them off. Because they always want an undocumented worker, undocumented, no, no, illegal immigrant. It, they get. I, I love what it does. It triggers them, and I like triggering liberals sometimes in fun. That's all. But you raise an interesting point about the language, Anthony. I think it's a very nuanced point, but it's still a very valid point about language, and I do appreciate that contribution. Brilliant, my friend. Brilliant. Thank you, Stella in Westchester County. Welcome. Bo's everybody's Radio Extravaganza, Saturday Radio Morning. got <laughs> whatever.
14: Hello. <laughs> Hi, Stella. It's been a while. Um, so I wanted to comment on that Reddit, Reddit article that you had uh, read mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. about the mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's my take on it as a mother myself, obviously. Um, why, you know, the poor grandparents raised the first child. Okay, I, I get that. And then this. You know, a responsible woman goes and gets pregnant again and expects the parents to take care of it. The parents say no. And I agree with the parents. Why should they be more of an – they're being enablers, if I feel, if they take care of the second child. Let her have the baby and put it up for adoption. There's so many families, uh, married couples that can't have children that are dying for a child. Okay, and this woman is 33. She'll never be responsible. And then, you know, take into account how the child feels. The first child probably thinks, you know, my mother – does not even like me, never mind, love me, like me enough to take care of me, so she threw me on my grandparents. I mean, how does it, how could a child, I mean, how would a child feel knowing there's the mother, but my mother's never around? She could, she could care two, you know, two craps about me. That's number one. And number two, these parents are probably getting older, you know, in age. Maybe they're in their late 50s, early 60s. And then if they're expected to take care of the second child, I mean, what if they get sick? They're going to, you know, they'll be 70 when the kid is 10 or 12 or 15. What if these people get sick? Who's going to take care of them?
1: You know, Stella, wow. Mouthful. Yeah. And that's a lot of people had your point of view on that. With, with um, as I, I didn't get a chance to go through the article and read some of the comments, but some of the comments align with exactly what you're saying. And they agreed that at 33, if this woman doesn't know how to be responsible yet, it's not going to happen. I always hold out hope. I think that somewhere down the line, even, I don't know. You know, I look at men, and sometimes I think it takes men, I could be way off with this. I think it takes men until they're in their 40s before they really start to mature. So I don't know. I think sometimes it can happen. But that's what we used to call tough love, Stella. And you're absolutely right. Stella, I love hearing from you again. Where's my Gracie? I haven't heard from Gracie in eight Okay, thank you so much, Stella. I hope to hear from you Again, Let's go to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And Randy, Randy, thank you for waiting. What's on your mind this morning?
5: Hi, well, Good morning. I started listening to Rush in 2016. I was a longtime classic rock old listener. But at 1.30 every day I heard, who, don't get fooled again, and I just got tired of it. So I decided to listen to Rush, and I've been listening to him and now you ever since. But the reason I'm calling is we have a rhino congressman here in Grand Rapids. His name is Peter Meyer. If you know the grocery store, he's part of that. He also voted to impeach Trump. And uh, there is a gentleman running against him, happens to be African-American, was endorsed by Trump during Trump's recent rally. And I just wanted to give you that heads
1: up. Thank you. I want every single one of those rhinos that voted to impeach Trump, every single one of them, that is not already going to chicken out and not run again, every single one of them. I want gone. Every single one. This party needs to make a point about the rhinos, including Liz Cheney. Rhinos, and I know people say, well, you know, we we need a big tent. Yeah, we can have a big tent. We can have a big tent without the rhinos, though. Minnesota, Dom, welcome. Dom, you got to go quick. Time is running up, my friend.
10: I'm a married and Indian with a slight accent. So my wife says I don't need to wear my socks except when we go out to dinner. So <laughs> she has she has a carry permit, so her wish is my command. <laughs> so really quickly, I was calling about the Dog and Cheney Show, or should I call it the Donkey and Cheney Show, Liz Cheney deserves an Oscar for her fantastic supporting role as the Democrats' favorite kangaroo in that kangaroo court. I understand that she wants to come across as a savior of the Constitution, but if she wants to be the knight in shining armor, she would have subpoenaed comrades Nancy Pelosi, Chucky Schumer, Alessandro Mayorkas, and grilled them about their roles that led to the frustration of January 6th. Republicans, I think, need to send a message so explosive that it guarantees a flash mob in November 2022 and 2024. That is the only way to convince American people of the shenanigans of the three studios, Nancy, Joe, and Hunter. Have a great day, my friend.
1: Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. Let us see. Uh, Peter, we've got only a few seconds to give you, but I wanted to try to get you in. Can you make your point?
3: I doubt it. Global warming is the hydrogen and water vapor. guy by the name Albert Einstein proved that sunlight hits by the law of conservation of momentum. When sunlight hits, hydrogen accelerates the velocity to one.
1: Okay, Harvard Peter, you're right.
3: One- Peter,
1: Peter, you're right. We don't have enough time because time's running out. And i got to say goodbye. But we can try again another weekend. Listen, folks, always a pleasure. love this Saturday mornings with you. You and the coffee and your calls, and we'll be back next Saturday, 7 a.m., but we're also here for Boston Nerdy's Rush Hour every weekday, 4 o'clock, right before the Catch It Night show. Remember, Cousin Brucey, music radio, WABC later tonight. Larry Kudlow up next. God bless truly and protect each and every one of you and your families. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Be back Monday at 4. See you then. Bye.